when I served as an associate pastor in Decatur, Georgia, there was a congregant with whom I very much appreciated and with, with whom I had a lot of great conversation. But he had this one habit he loved, I was not so sure about. I'm not also not sure how it started. But basically, the habit was this. He would call my cell phone most every Sunday between 11 a.m. and noon. He knew my cell phone would be in my pocket. And of course, calling during that hour, I would be leading a service of worship. He himself might be there. He sometimes went to the 8.30 or 6. But, but, but I think it was a kind of test. Did Bobby remember to silence his phone? <laughs> or would this be the week that he was leading and ring? And I passed the test every single time. But I think he found the whole thing oddly humorous because he knew calling between 11 and noon on a Sunday was the single worst time to call, to interrupt. Surely there are a few other arenas that come to mind as the worst possible times you can imagine to interrupt. If you've ever had a baby, you babysat, you know how important feeding time is. If they are finally taking the milk, they're actually eating, nobody interrupts that. We're, no worse idea in the world than taking the baby from the food. Wedding day. There's almost no worse day in the life of a couple for an interruption that pulls them onto some other issue or, or concern. Any other day of their life, interrupt if you must, but goodness, do not mess with the couple's wedding day. The prophet Joel declares, blow the horn in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Interrupt whatever is going on. And the prophet really means whatever. Assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room, the bride her canopy. You ministers and priests who are at the altar, blow the horn. Ring the phone, whatever it takes to interrupt them and get them here unto a solemn assembly. What could be so important that God blasts a horn and tears babies from feeding, couples from their wedding day, ministers worshiping in devotion? I mean, I've talked with, with, with Michelle. When it comes to worship services, I'm, I'm basically unreachable. I mean, nothing's going to take me from this hour, this space. I mean... Unless someone's dying, which in fact is precisely the issue. The prophet sees the people of God dying and even those around them wondering, where is their God? We see none of that through them. After the horn blast of interruption comes, we hear this announcement announced to my people, their rebellion to the house of Jacob, their sin, your sin, your hypocrisy, your selfishness, you're dying. Now, the prophets have long been perfectly fine with horn blasting through worship services or cell phones ringing at what is perhaps the worst possible time, if that's what it takes for the people to pay attention to their heart's diagnosis. What is it to worship or wedding or work or anything if the heartbeat of it all is grievously ill? What are the holiest of occasions, even the most sacred activities, if the heart is cold or astray, callous or fake? 
And so the prophet declares the sin must be acknowledged, confessed, and then goes on to plead, rend your heart then unto the Lord, return to the Lord after having made this confession. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians doesn't sound too different in his exhortation and urgency. We entreat you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God and do not take the grace of Jesus in vain. There is in Scripture this urgency when it comes to the most central of all matters. That nothing is so sacred or important or to be considered a bad time to interrupt if what is being put before us is the very health and well-being of our souls. What is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Our cell phones may not ring precisely at the wrong time at any point in our life. We may not know God blasting a horn right into the likes of our wedding day. But as a church, we do have Lent. This season that begins today in which the church has long recognized as a season of repentance. A season that crashes right into the midst of whatever is going on in our lives. The good, the bad, the ugly. Lent always arrives. Lent always interrupts because quite frankly, most fundamentally, God always arrives. God always interrupts by the grace of God. And every year, God sounds forth with the same loud note. Repent. Turn. From whatever is killing you, whatever is gripping you, that which is eating you, even that which you assume to be of utmost urgency, turn and rend your heart once more me for I am gracious and merciful and abounding in steadfast love I invite you to take this evening as an inopportune cell phone call an inopportune horn blast a God interruption a call unto life no matter what may be going on in life to help facilitate that walk. Certainly the ashes will be part of that. But I want to first offer us a space of prayer. I'm going to read a prayer written by Howard Thurman. It's entitled, I Surrender to God. And I'm just going to let this be our prayer together. I'm going to read it slowly. And, and let us together surrender our hearts, our lives, all the different pieces. Open ourselves wide and full before God. That God may then... Fill us with God's self and God's love in this season. Let us pray. To God I make a full surrender. I surrender to you the nerve center of my consent. This is the very core of my will, the mainspring of my desiring, the essence of my conscious thought. I surrender to you the outlying districts of myself. These are the side streets down which I walk at night, the alleys of my desires, the parts of me that have not been laid out with streets, the wooded area, the swamps and marshlands of my character.
I surrender to you the things in my world to which I am related. These are the work I do, the things I own or that threaten me with their ownership. The points at which I carry social responsibility among my fellows. The money I earn, my delights in clothes and good food. I surrender to you the hopes, dreams, and desires of my heart. These are the things I reserve for my innermost communion. These are the fires that burn on various altars of my life. These are the outreaches of my spirit enveloping all the hurt, the pain, the injustices, and the cruelties of life. These are the things by which I live and carry on. To you I make a full surrender this night. Having opened ourselves, Holy Spirit, we ask then that you would now fill us with only and fully yourself, your peace, your love, your courage, your healing, your hope. We make our prayer in Jesus' name.